I first started out, I wanted to help black uh, um, um, professionals and people of color. And then I tried to transition to the, I want to help all people and all things and mm-hmm. do everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that got kind of lost in the way. And so when I got back to helping uh, people of color, and, and not saying I turned folks away, but when I had core messaging, I found that that resonated because people said, I appreciate the fact that you're committing to can dream it then you can achieve it welcome to another inspiring episode of podcast with sheila podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring live experiences today's guest julia rock is a career and leadership development coach through her company rock career development she has helped former and transitioning athletes translate their existing skills into high paying in-demand careers and today we are going to learn from her some tips on how to transition into high paying and in-demand careers in addition to this she is the co-author of the book the six figure athlete Hello, Julia, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hello, Sheila. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. It's a delight to host you finally because we've canceled too many times. But <laughs> We made it. We're, we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're here. Tell us a bit more about Julia. Who is Julia? Where does she come from? Just a basic background story so that our audience sure. gets to know. Yeah, exactly who you are. Sure. So you've already shared a little bit about kind of the business. Uh, I'm a corpreneur. So I tell people that, you know, I I have maintained my full time position as I've uh, kept my business as well. Uh, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. uh, And right now I live in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So that's where my day job is. So I have the opportunity to live abroad outside of the U.S. Uh, and I tell folks, yeah, I'm the youngest of of, uh, of three kids, so I am the baby, and so I feel like I've got a little bit of a overcompensation complex uh, trying to beat my older brother and, and sister. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I'm just I've been in the career coaching game now since 2006, unofficially in 2013, more officially, and I just love seeing people uh, achieve their career goals. Yeah. Um, Just before I go to the next question I have for you, something just came up in my mind and I want to ask you, how are you doing it? Because I know you don't do just one thing. You do like two, three jobs. You have your main job together with your career coaching. Do you have a podcast as well? No, so right now I do not have a podcast yet because that was part of the thing of not biting off more than I can chew, right? Okay. So it's it's so effective. Effective time management is how you um, is how you manage, um, and also prioritizing activities, right? What are the things that need to do versus you know can put off or can have someone else do? And so that's really what's been the balancing act is 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 prioritization and effective time management. And that's so key because. Uh I, f- I find myself doing a number of things and sometimes it weighs you down. But the thing about me is I realize when you trust people to do something for you, like a bit of your job for you, they don't do it the way you want them to do it. So then you turn around doing it yourself. So it's like work done is zero because they didn't do it the way you wanted it. And it, there was no work actually. I don't know kind of people get lazy when it's not their job. But when the thing is your baby, there's a way you want to do it and you don't want to easily give off some part to somebody to handle it and then they will not do it well. So I wanted to... 
so just to, just my what I came through or what I've learned about that situation is that you have to let certain things go, hmm. right? So not everything's going to be done to that perfection that yeah. you would want, yeah. right? But in order for you to be able to live a life that's fulfilling while still serving your, your clients, there are certain things where it's like, hey, 80-20 is good enough versus perfection because it still achieves the goal uh, and it frees up the time and the capacity that you need to do the things that you're truly most passionate about so that's the one thing i would have said would say that i've learned is that i used to hold on to everything so tight in my business but then it's like you don't have time for anything and so i had to say what am i going to let go and just make my peace with hey everything may not be pristine the way that i would do it but I'm still adding the value that I want to add. Exactly. I think I have to be able to bring myself to that point. I'm not there yet. I would love to get there, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll be able to get there anytime soon. But yeah, you know, let's go on anyway. So any childhood memories you would like to share with us? Um, the ones that led you to become the woman you are today? Man, um... I would say, you know, my, my parents are from the, the island of Barbados and I had the chance to live there as a child and spend there with my spend time with my grandparents and seeing how much they all love to help people. Um, you know, my everyone used to come to my grandmother's house as a kid and everybody was either getting fed or if there were clothes or there was something that my that my family was just a very giving family. And I think for me, that's what's permeated my life. I I don't know if I'm meant to be the same humanitarian that they were, but I'm committed to helping others in the way that I think that the Lord has blessed me and with the skill set the Lord has blessed me with. Um, But yeah, just seeing how much my grandpa, like even if we didn't have a lot, my grandmother would say, oh, there's enough, there's enough. And and I'm just like, are we sure there's enough? There's like 10 people in here. But but my grandmother always knew how to make things stretch, always. And my parents ended up being the same way. My God, you know what that bitch you just said today, as I was walking out of my room, off to work like i was as i was starting the day and i usually tend to listen to messages like uh where the word for the day i'll see like preaching and stuff like that and i think that one thing that went into my ears before i i went out was what you just said that the man of god was saying we are custodians of what we have so if you have money whatever you have here on earth you're just a custodian of it don't hoard it share it you know, and Absolutely. it just drew my attention to that little bit. You're just joining, like you're emphasizing what I'd heard this morning. And it's a fact really, because if we were sharing what we had, I doubt if there'll be poor people, if there'll be people homeless and, you know, to the point where people cannot feed children are going to bed on empty stomach and all of those stories. If everybody was sharing and making sure that, you know, we are not hoarding, 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 then the world will not be as bad as it is today. Um, Absolutely. And and I would say that if, if we cared more about our fellow man, because when it comes, when, when you're sharing, it's because you care about exactly. what's happening to the other person. But I find that a lot of times in society, it's just about what we can amass, how much we can get for ourselves. It's not looking to the side to say, does my brother have also, or does my sister have also? Um, And to your point, if we had that mindset, the poverty level would go down, the crime level would go down, you know, because people, many crimes are not 
not committed because people are bad people. Yeah. Many crimes are committed, especially those robberies and other things where it's like, these are crimes of people who have of desperation because it's like, I don't have, um, I don't know how to get it, and this is the way for me to get it. And so you wonder if someone was looking to the side and being willing to help them, yeah. how would that change that person's life yeah. and steer them away from a life of crime? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think we all have to come to that point of understanding that when you give out, you've not lost it. You know, I think yes. we, we have that mindset as human beings. Uh, so we keep keeping it in instead of. So when we say Julia Rock or when anybody mentions Julia Rock or your name is mentioned anywhere, what will be the first thing anybody can identify you with? Uh, at this point, they I, I think they would identify me as a, as a career coach. Um, and, a, and, a, and someone who's submitted, uh, who submitted herself and to serving others in helping their professional lives, mm. right? So if, if people want to talk about, I'm, I'm trying to career uh, transition in my career, or I don't know where to go next, or I'm feeling lost in my career, like that's, I'm the person that I think would come to mind for, for many folks, which I'm grateful for, um, because I feel like that's my calling. You know, other people have different purposes in life, and I don't know what all those ministries are, but for me, I feel like this has been the path that God has called me to 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 live in and, and help people live because when you have the better career your whole life improves because you have enough money to, to take care of your family you can travel you can spend time with your kids I mean there's so much that comes from having the right career and so I'm so excited about the opportunity to impact people's lives in a positive way through this work hmm. so why do you help athletes black and people of color athletes to transition why that group of people and not any other group so so it's interesting because um for a long time i was coaching uh corporate professionals so i it wasn't always athletes so i started out coaching folks who were like me in corporate america mm. trying to find their way um, but in 2021, I was coaching another uh, professional client, and her brother uh, was transitioning out of sports, and he was trying to find his next kind of ne next career play, as I call it. Uh, and so she wanted him to have some direction and some mm. support in that journey. Mm. And so mm. she asked me, "Hey, do you could you help?" Uh, and that's how I got started is because after I helped him, I realized that there was this segment of the population of, of professionals yeah. who didn't have the right level of career coaching support because who's really looking at athletes saying, hey, how do we help them take their next step? Because everyone thinks athletes are all rich, right? Everybody's yeah. Yeah. got some sort of huge endorsement deal yeah. that they're going to yeah. live on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not true. Mm. Oh, wow. So if it's not true, why why have we been made to think it's it is true? Is it is it because you know sometimes we sit we, we tell a lie and the lie becomes the truth. Is that is it what it is? Because I, I wouldn't say that it's it's a lie. I think it's because we're only seeing a portion, right? Because we see the stars on television, yeah. right? We see whether it's, you know, uh, LeBron James, yeah. for example, or Tom Brady or any of these other big stars, and we kind of extrapolate that to all athletes. And it's like, that's just not how it works at all, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, you know, there's only one Tom Brady. There's only yeah. one LeBron James. Right. So so everyone else on the team is not getting those same kind of contracts. Um, and then the other segment is that there are a whole bunch of student athletes who never go pro. So after they graduate, 
they've got to actually go and get a job and do yeah. something. And there's a whole segment of the population that people don't realize that these are athletes that now need to go and work. But when people think athletes, they think those big stars and forget, you know, the majority of people out there. Yeah. My God. And I think there's a lot of pressure on these kids because I know somebody, she's spending so much money to train her son to become a footballer and she's taking a private coach and that and that and the boy is training all the time he's a small boy he started early pumping a lot of money and the idea is that one day he'll be rich and he'll buy me a big house and a big kind you know because we have that kind of idea and i for me i think it's is a lot of pressure on the children you know because then if mom is putting a lot of money they're expecting a lot from you so then it's a lot of pressure on you as a child from that age but for me naturally growing up i've never been a sports person i've never liked sports so anything sports is not really my kind of thing but um i just tend to go with it you know but when she's pushing her child i tend to say give, give him some space you know let him find his what he he wants to be in future and not force him and spend so much money on him because you know that athletes and people who play football make a lot of money maybe that is not his calling but then you know yeah kind of thing and and that's and and unfortunately that story is very common you know yeah. that where there are a lot of parents that are pushing their pushing their children to be active in these sports because whether they see it as a way out as a way for their future but along the way that the children may feel like hey i don't even want to do this anymore but they stay committed because the yeah. family's asking or there's pressure that's on them and so many times when they get to the point of graduation from college many of them just quit cold turkey yeah. cause they're like you know what I can't do it anymore. I don't want this pressure to continue exactly. for the rest of my life. Exactly, exactly. And I'm happy we're talking about the career, you know, career choices and stuff like that because most of us parents tend to live our lives through our children. The things we weren't able to do, we want them to do it. And for me, I think it's the last thing I'll, let, I'll, I'll do with my children because naturally, I never like it when I'm being compared to someone else. Naturally. And I always want to be different. So I always want to be let loose to find my level, to find the areas that I fit in. And I feel everybody should be given the opportunity to realize themselves and know that this is what I'm strong in. And I believe when you're strong in a particular area you operate in, you, you come out best absolutely you know? uh, we're individuals we're individuals so the idea of living someone else's path or story it just it's unnatural because exactly. we have our own purpose our own uh course to chart and so that's why it's so important and that's why the career transition work for me is, uh, is something i'm passionate about yeah. is because i want people to find what course do you want not exactly. what someone told you to be on not what degree you did many moons ago it's yes. like what do you want? Where do you feel your skill set is? And where do you feel passionate? And let's try to put that on a, on, a, on a path forward. My God, I like that. I like that so much. What advice or tips can we give to somebody who is looking at a career change or transitioning into one? For sure. Um, it goes back to uh, partially what I just mentioned around finding out what you want, mm. right? So many of us have been in careers for years and we kind of lost sight of what we actually enjoy doing yeah. because, hey, it's a job, it's a paycheck, and, and there's nothing wrong with that for a period of time. But at some point, you need to assess what it is that you want and then kind of set that as your North Star. 
And then you have to think about, well, what research do I need to do to understand how to get there? It's one thing to have the North Star, but it's like, well, what does it take to get there? And making sure that you are doing that research. Um, and then also thinking about what skills do you already have that will help you to get there, right? So do you need a completely new set of skills or is it truly just building upon something that you already have? And in many cases, people already have a lot of transferable skills that they that they discount. Um, and then the last two things I'll say is, you know, one, it's about who do you already know in that space? You know, your network, especially when you're making a career transition or change, is so important because there's somebody who could potentially open a door for you yeah. or start a conversation on your behalf where you don't have to start from scratch all on your yeah. own. Um, and then and then finally, you know, thinking about what you want your brand to be, especially if you've been in a career for a long time, let's say sales or marketing, whatever it might be, and you're ready to transition or even being an athlete. Now you have to think about who do I want to be now? What do I want my brand to be now? Because then you have to focus on building a cohesive brand message around that. So those are just a few things. Those are great tips though. Really, really great tips. And um, today, in today's world, we find a lot of people being laid off. Times are tough. But life still needs to go on. What advice can we give to individuals who have been laid off or be made redundant? What advice can we give to them to pick themselves up and bounce back into the working environment? Or those so who are already in it and will have to prepare for the uncertainties because anything can happen at any time. Yes, um, absolutely. And so the one thing I will say that can help to ease some of the anxiety is understanding what benefits are available to you. So whether you've already been laid off or you think it's potentially coming or something, mm. understanding your benefits, because what happens is people make desperation decisions because like I need a job, I need this. And mm. so they haven't had time to calibrate. But if you understand, okay, I would get this, I have access to this, this is the timing of, of, of these resources, you can then think more clearly about next steps because you know what uh, benefits are available to you. The same thing goes for filing unemployment. So your company should be giving you some benefits, but also if there's government assistance that is provided for unemployment, you should understand what that is as well and the process to do that. Um, again, that helps you with some financial cushion. Uh, the next thing is also Think, uh, when you think about picking yourself back up, it's about tapping into your network. This is not the mm. time for pride, right? Because people don't want to ask for help. It's like, well, you know, I don't want to ask anybody. This isn't the time for that, right? Like when you need to bounce back, you've got to talk to people you know, share your story honestly, especially if in the, they're in the industry that you you want to get in, mm -hmm. get back into. And, you know, tap into that network um, and then also think about that brand rebuild, right? So now that you've been laid off, this may be the kind of silver lining that you need because perhaps, you, you you know, that job, yes, it was providing a paycheck, but you maybe had fallen out of love with that yeah. or you were looking to do something else and it came kind of at the right time. So then you can, um, to, can start to rebuild your brand from a resume, LinkedIn profile, all of those things. Uh, and then finally, you've got to give yourself some grace. So for anyone who's listening, watching, you know, give yourself some grace because we put so much pressure on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we get laid off, if we don't have a job by tomorrow, we're we're pissed that we're we failures. And we're like, we it hasn't even sunk in yet. Give yourself some grace and, and understand it's going to take some time, but you will find something. You just have to stay committed. Great, great, great. I was just going to ask about networking and relationship building. 
and because it's, a, it's always a difficult thing when you get into a new environment how to break the ice yeah. and all that i wanted you to give us one simple way of breaking ice when you get into a new environment with new people you, you virtually lost all your words so can't even put a string you know a sentence together what do you do where do you start from so, so you lean into that newness. I tell people to play the new kid on the block card, right? So, so if you're if you have a chance to meet with your boss, who kind of gives you the dynamics of the team and the organization, then you know, okay, so these are the pieces on the chessboard that I need to either get connected with or move off the chessboard, right? So, so then you can always. So I say set up the meetings or or stop by people's desks or just reach out and say, hey, I'm new. Um, would love to, to learn more about your role or just want to, you know, get to know you as I'm trying to find my way. Typically, when you're new, people give you some grace, right? They're willing to talk to you. They're willing to share information. And that's the way to start building that network is playing that new kid card for as long as you can play it because people will, will uh, you know, unknowingly give you more information than you probably were asking for because they're trying to help set you up for success in many cases. Um, so I, that's the one big tip I would share is play the new kid card as much as possible. Great, great, great. I like all the tips you're sharing today. So what are some of the lessons you learned on your journey doing what you do? Yeah, um, I've learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> um, one big lesson is that you have to ask for help when you need it. Um, I had the superwoman thing going on for a while, and I was burning myself out. And I was fortunate enough to have a, a business coach who came to me and said, Julie, if you really want to grow, if you want to impact more people, you have to get help. You have to ask for it. Um, and that's one of the biggest lessons I learned. I wish I had learned that sooner. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is um, not being afraid or, or of, of standing in my message. I think when I first started out, I wanted to help black and, um, um, professionals and people of color. And then I tried to transition to the, I want to help all people and all things and mm -hmm. do everything. And I feel like that got kind of lost in the way and so when I got back to helping uh, people of color and, and not saying I turned folks away but when I had core messaging I found that that resonated because people said I appreciate the fact that you're committing to helping a group of people not shunning others but being very clear on this is who I focus on and that brought people who wanted to either partner with me or put me on a podcast yeah. or become yeah. a client yeah. because I had a very strong message so yeah. I would say those are some of the some of the key some of the key messages um, or key lessons I learned was getting help um, and not being afraid to stand on my own message. You don't have to waffle uh, if you're purpose driven. I nearly asked you why you chose just a particular group of people to to coach like people of color and black people and not open it up to all race but you've explained that to me and it makes so much sense because it's better to uh, appeal to a particular group of people and do it very well than to appeal to everyone and will not be able to serve them the way you want to do it and then have uh, results in the end so it makes really really good sense and i'm not going to ask that again because i think i've gotten my answer whilst you are getting ready to wrap up if you had if you have a word or a mantra to leave with us today what would that be just one word or go mantra. for it go for it great 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 any final message you would like to leave before we wrap up 
uh, for anyone who's in their job search right now or transitioning, don't give up. It, I know it seems hard. I know you may be facing obstacles. Don't give up. The right opportunity is out there. Stay committed to your search. Well, it's been a great time here with you, um, Julia, and I would like to say thank you very much for your time and your patience on Podcast with Sheila today. Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. It was such a great conversation. Yeah, Thank yeah, you for yeah. the opportunity. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And if for anything, I'm taking one thing away with me, that is ask for help, which is something I don't do much, but I'm going to try to start doing You've that. Been listening in. This is season two, episode 79 of our podcast series, where we bring seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories and experiences to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is that you make the right life choices as the year unfolds. Until we meet again, have a brilliant week. Mm-hmm.